Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good, yes, the birds are back on the field Thursday morning on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. I was here yesterday on Birds 365. John McMullen was not because he was otherwise uh, needed. That would be down in South Philadelphia at the Novacare Complex to observe everything went on for the first day of camp for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Johnny Mack, you correctly predicted that uh, Howie Roseman would join Nick Sirianni at the pre-podium session before they got out there on the field. He did just that. And then you got 58 minutes of Philadelphia Eagle football. Where did you learn more? Listening to the coach and the general manager or actually watching the Eagles go through their activities? <clears throat> uh, I guess uh, the practice. Uh, you don't get much from Howie in these type situations. Nick uh, was a little bit more um, uh, forward, I guess. So uh, I think we got more out of Nick than Howie, certainly. But uh you know, it was typical Howie when he gets asked about the linebackers. We're always looking to, you know, improve if there's an option. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not – it's pretty obvious and, uh, you know, not that revealing. Um, but but uh, Nick gave us a, a few nuggets. But you always get more uh, with them being on the field for the first time. And, you know, they talk before – Nick talks before practice at training camp. I, I wish he talked after practice for the reason, you know, he was pretty vocal yesterday. And, um, you know, there's a number of pre-snap penalties uh, late in the practice, and he got on the bullhorn, and he was giving the defense the you-know-what. And, 
you know, you would have been, I would have liked to have uh, asked him about that after the practice. Now you got to wait till he's not talking again till Sunday, I believe. So, you know, I think part of that was calculated to be honest, but you know, I would like to ask the coach there. I think it was an an, an opportunity to say, you know, we're not, NFC champions anymore. We're we're at the bottom of the hill with everybody else. I think that was an opportunity. I think it was part party was pissed off, but part was calculated. I think that that's how I took at it because everybody's sloppy um, on the first day of practice and red zone, red zone, red zone. That's been a, a unique part of Nick Sirianni's plan. He's obsessed with situational football. First day of practice now every year, red zone, red zone, all red zone stuff. So tight quarters. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to see Dallas Goddard look tremendous. James Bradbury looked as savvy as ever defensively. Um, linebackers did not look good. Um, uh, pass rush looks very good. Um, so a lot of the stuff we expected, but, uh, it's only the first day, as Jason Kelsey would say. You know? One of the things that I thought was telling with, uh, or at least uh, you could sink your teeth into a little bit uh, about Sirianni uh, speaking for the practice was, it's going to be running back by committee. Don't worry about who gets the first carry in today's practice. This truly is a position where a lot of uh, who started yesterday and who played with the ones uh, were certainly analyzed and looked at yesterday. He said, don't even go there with the running backs because we're going to uh, shuttle everybody in with the ones. If any went right out and did it and used all of his running backs, he's not ready to commit to running back. And I believe it's because that truly is a competition that they're open-minded at running back and made the best man win. That's the way it's supposed to be on a football team. If you don't have a guy who's locked in, been doing it for years, maybe contract even plays into that. There's no contract issues with the running backs. None of them are making big money. So uh, I think it is truly going to be a meritocracy back there. And the best running back is going to get the majority of the catches, touches, carries, whatever it breaks down to. I think they're very open-minded there. How about you? Yeah, I, I agree with that to a certain degree. Now, you say, it, 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 we always talk about this, you know, what do you mean by running back by committee? I think in training camp, he's telling the truth. Like, he's going to rotate guys through, but he's looking for the guy. He's looking for the lead back. You know, I've talked to him in the offseason. He made it pretty clear that they want a lead back. In other words, they don't want, you know, to go, all right, it's this guy for this week and this guy for next week. They want somebody to seize that mantle. And if somebody doesn't, it's probably a bad sign because they want it. Um, but they don't know who it is. Right. Uh, and that part is true. And he said, you know, don't read into Austin Scott getting the first rep. And that kind of, you know, to me, it's a three horse race, to be honest. Uh but uh, with running backs, the most interesting part is they used Swift in a in a bunch of different roles as a receiver um, in the red zone, um, and that to me is is you know something to put an asterisk by because you know we always talk about are they going to throw the football more to the running back? I think they are, 
but design throws to DeAndre Swift, not dump offs, not that kind of stuff. You know, they're going to try to create mismatches on purpose occasionally, but then you get into the murky waters of that sounds good, but you want to get the ball to AJ Devontae and Dallas. You know, it's like I, you know, that that that's part of the problem with the Eagles offense is they're so good with that wide receiver tight end combination. I can't worry about the other stuff because those guys are always open. Um, so, but they, they do have that mentality of he's a really good receiver. Let's use it, but not in the dump ball fashion and things like that. That's where I think Jalen Hurts talked after practice and talked about the uniqueness of his game. He said, I want to embrace the uniqueness of my game that the, the Eagles embrace it. So, you know, they want them to. They don't want to turn them. It's kind of weird to me that people want to take away that uniqueness. Let me uh, see if you uh, agree with this, Dance. You were there. I wasn't. Uh, but uh, many people have reported on described the way that they use Swift in the all red zone practice that they had yesterday. Would you call the attempts from where he was positioned on the field and when they did throw the ball his way? created touches manufactured touches because that's something you and i talk about enough you're not a big fan unless of course it's kyle shanahan who's doing the manufacturing he seems to be very good at it uh not necessarily a strength of the sirianni era two uh, years in is that something we're going to see from the eagles manufactured touches for a guy like swift well when i say manufactured touch player i i mean more of um you know, a jet sweep guy, uh, um, um, an orbit motion guy, a, a guy who doesn't necessarily run great routes, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little bit raw, so you can't get them the ball in conventional ways, but they're such great athletes, you want to give them the ball in space. Um, so, no, it was more of... Uh, a regular part of the offense and you know they use a lot of empty sets for example so where they have five receivers uh and nobody in the backfield um he was out split out as one of the receivers and 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 that type of look now again it yeah, people get caught up too much in labeling personnel groupings because when you're when you're five wide it, it doesn't mean you have five receivers out there it means Tight end split out. The running back is split out, and you're trying to create some kind of matchup advantage. It was more of the typical way they run their offense. We weren't seeing jet sweeps and orbit mode and things like that. The Eagles don't do that. Um, I think they should do it a little bit more just to throw a curveball to opposing defenses. We talked about that a bunch when Nick Sirianni, remember, they were dead last in motion. Um, during his first year and that's when Nick said you never want to be bottom five in anything in the NFL and he and he realized he had to do a little bit more of it and by the way it worked they did a quarterback draw to perfection that fooled both linebackers and and Jalen Hurts went right up the middle for about five six yard touchdown not even touched nobody near him Uh, and that came off some 
some motion. So they're cognizant of that, but I no, they're not going to be a manufactured touch team. They're just it's that's not in their sort of mentality. Right. I was just trying to get your definition of it because I know you've uh, been kind of outspoken. You don't consider that manufactured touches when you have a guy like Swift lined up outside the backfield and an open backfield, no running backs behind Hurts. Um, but overall, for day one, would you call the practice sloppy? And everyone is expected to be yeah. at least somewhat sloppy day one. Uh, but was this above and beyond sloppy for the Eagles either? the two previous camps that Sirianni's run or just as many Eagle camps you've ever been to because day one's day one, no matter who the coaching staff is. Yeah. Um, day one's day one. So yeah, but it was, it was sloppy and they know it was sloppy. They even joked about it after some of the PR people, you know, we should, you know, take a look at some of your drafts and how sloppy they are <laughs> when talk, taking a shot at us. But, uh, yeah, it was sloppy, and that's fair. And Nick Sirianni will admit it was sloppy, um, and he took advantage of it. Like I said, when I said, I think it was a little bit calculated to say, you know, at one point he basically said, this is how bad teams beat you when you do shit like this um, and screaming on the bullhorn. So, um, yeah, it was sloppy, but it was day one, and that's – you know, Jason Kelsey, sometimes I think with Jason, you know, Jason's so good. And so, you know, he's been around for so long. Uh, Jason doesn't need this. He doesn't. I talk about it all the time. But, you know, when you're at that position in your career and you're that good, I think sometimes you get lost in that eh, other people might need it, you know, and Maybe you should be a little bit more alarmed than Jason Kelsey, but I don't think you should be alarmed. I think it was sloppy. And you say, all right, let's fix it and let's clean it up. And I think it was an opportunity. And I think Nick Sirianni showed, you know, sort of savviness, take this opportunity to point out that if anybody thinks, you know, we're going to waltz back to the NFC championship game, take this opportunity to say, we're not. There's going to be some issues, and he did. And they get a chance to tighten things up today in the walkthrough they're having, not the practice, a walkthrough here that uh, will hopefully be a little bit tighter than the practice day one was. But again, no no panic flares being uh, thrown up. No, there. and by the way, most of the sloppiness was with the second and third team players. So add that. Into, I think there was one false start with the starting offensive line. Um, most of the sloppy stuff was backup players too. So you got to factor that into the mix as well. Yeah. Jalen's accuracy day one, as crisp as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, he was fine. Again, it's really tight quarters, um, in the, in the red zone. Um, so, um, you know, those quarterback stats that you see, jumping around the the Eagles hate that but um you know it's like spring training baseball you're working on specific things and you know maybe not everybody realizes what you're working on and so I don't get caught up in those numbers but uh he was fine I mean to me he's he's so (laughs) he's so much better than 
Marcus Mariota and obviously Tanner McKee or Ian Book, but his his process, you can see his confidence. He's he's much more confident. Um, he's processing things quicker. Um, and he talked about that's just experience. The more you play, the more you understand what you're seeing and what's going on. I I I have no concerns over Jalen Hurts. I have a lot of concerns over the backup quarterback, but I have no concerns over over Jalen Hurts. And obviously, the hope is he's completely healthy, and you don't have to worry about that. And the thing that I like best about Jalen yesterday was not on the field. What he told us off the field. You know, my only concern, and I try to keep this in proper perspective, it's a minimal concern. He's going to be dedicated. He's going to put in the work. He's going to be a leader. The only thing I had concern was that he, his meteoric rise last year from going middle of the pack NFL quarterback, a lot of people had him down in the 20s, to certainly in the top five, number two on the field behind only Patrick Mahomes in the MVP, that maybe the pull of Jalen Hurts would be a bit much, that everybody would want a little of Jalen's time. Well, you talked uh, about Netflix, the show, quarterback. You got asked to do it. Yeah. Thanks for jumping in and finishing my sentence for Sorry. me there, John. That's exactly Sorry. what I was going to get at. The fact that he said he was not only offered Netflix this past year, could have been him instead of Kirk Cousins and or Marcus Mariota. They were going to get Mahomes if they get Mahomes. But they've already asked him for next year because they've already got the series cleared uh, for year number two. So they've already started uh, doing some of the recording. And he said, thank you, no. So the fact that national outlets want a piece of Jalen Hurts and his time, which is going to take away from his preparation. No, he's not doing it. Thank you very much, Jalen. And the only reason why I brought it up was because he's such a good dude. That he's not an ego guy who's going to right, be bothered with this. No, no, no. He's too good a guy, if anything. But he's also got his uh, mindset and focused on what he needs to for year number one, which is very important, at least in my estimation. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Got two Eagle Beat guys coming your way. After the first practice, we need guys who understand what the Eagles getting ready for a season is like. This year particularly, but in previous seasons and being able to compare where this team is at, where other Eagle teams were when they got their season underway. Uh, Old school first, up to date, standing next to Johnny Mack, sweating down there at uh, (laughs) Eagles camp yesterday, second. Les Bowen, longtime Eagle beat writer and host of uh, Bowen on the Birds podcast, will be up first. And then in our number two, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, going to jump in with us. Appreciate the Eagle fans being in bright and early as the season gets underway here on Birds 
you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Got John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, longtime Eagle beat reporter, and now podcast host of Bowen on the Birds, Les Bowen. I got to tell you, Les, you got the best of all worlds now. You don't have to go down and sweat and hang with John McMullen <laughs> and be with all these other Eagle beat uh, people. And you get to just jump on with us and or do your podcast, talk about the birds. And we know full well, you know what it's like. You did it for years. Uh, first day of practice. What was it like for you? Were you like the players in that you got to get back into a routine? You just got to get going and you got jumpstart or was it like, all right, I got to go out and sweat. What am I going to wear? We're more worried about what you're going to wear to stay as comfortable as possible. What was it like day one for you all those years you were out covering the birds when the season got underway? Well, my main thought today is how much it's changed. You know, uh, they're off. To, I mean, they're, they're having a walkthrough today, but there's no access. So the yeah. reporters aren't even going to go down there. Uh, you know, when Andy Reid was running camps at Lehigh, you were doing two a day. And most of us stayed in a, in a motel hotel there in Bethlehem because the day was so long every day, you know, that you couldn't really go. I live in South Jersey, so it was really hard to get back up there in the mornings. And uh, it was uh, just a, an incredible grind the first week or so, uh, especially. And it it's not really like that anymore. It's uh, and, and in some not so good ways, I think there was just so much more access to players. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I mean, those they, college campus days last man. You yeah. see guys walking around, you have conversations. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can get anybody you wanted by yeah. hanging out at the back of the locker room there at yeah. between sessions. 
Uh, now that I guess they gave you some players yesterday in the auditorium, and then there were some guys interviewed on the field. But it yeah, the tent. Uh, yeah, they do it in the tent in training okay. camp. But yeah, but they don't even let us grab people going off the field. So you sort of have right. to wait uh, until. Um, they open the locker room, which is, you know, the week before the regular season. Right. Um, you know, the disappointing part is everybody gets the same guys, the same quotes. Yes. Um, yes. Which is disappointing for us, but it, you know, for fans who don't realize that's where you get, you know, the, and there's so many this time of year, you know, less to me, I mean, no disrespect to Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, because those guys are phenomenal, but. How many times have we talked to Jason and Brandon? I want to. I want to talk to guys we don't get to talk about and find interesting stories. Maybe it's an undrafted kid. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe it's one of these one-year reclamation projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, those to me are the interesting stories. The, the tight end Jackson who showed up yesterday. Yeah, he had, he had, he had a great it. day. Yeah, things like that. That's what's interesting about. Yeah, Canada. exactly yeah. right. Yes. Uh, and, and yeah, a lot of that has gone away. It's disappointing. And I wish more fans realized it and kind of pushed back. I don't know how you yeah. can push back though, yeah. because, you know, once COVID happened, it, it gave the NFL, not just the Eagles, it gave the NFL an opportunity oh, yeah. to, to push people further back. And then you have all these, everybody hard knocks. Jody's excited. The New York Jets, a lot of hard knocks going on. But, you know, everybody's got sort of their mini hard knocks on their yeah. own social media, their websites. and But it's very obviously, I call it state-run media. That's yeah. what it is, you know. Right. And you only accentuate the positive. And guess what? Not everything's positive. That's right. Well, even with hard knocks, what you're seeing now I thought it was really funny when they announced last week that the Jets were going to do it very differently. They weren't going to show people getting cut and stuff like that. And people were like puzzling over this. You know, that's not the that's not the uh, formula for hard knocks. You know, well, the NFL doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the hard, hard knocks to begin with runs totally counter to every trend in the NFL over the last 15 years in terms of media access, you know, letting people inside like that, even if you have veto power over some of the stuff that's shown just isn't the way that they want to do things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised that it's going to be a very, uh, in recent years, it has been a very different, uh, kind of, experience watching that than than it was in the early wild and woolly years when Rex Ryan or somebody would, you know, you you just don't have that in the league anymore. And it's a shame, but, but yeah, it get Jody's original question. uh, I don't miss the standing out there. Uh, It really, the older you get and I'm in decent shape, you know, I can still trudge three miles really slow, but you know, it's, uh, Standing out there in the sun just saps your legs. It's, you know, you cover up as much as you can because, you know, you don't want to get skin cancer. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a real grind. You don't get to sit down. Uh, It's, you know, it's uh, 
you start thinking about fashion less and less. I brought up my goofy bucket hat last year. Last bucket night. hat is a good idea. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and and Jeff Stoutland saw me the one day, and he's like, and he's telling me the story. Interesting story. He had to have his ears clipped uh, uh-huh. because you know, as a football coach, he's he's out in the sun so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful. You got to. Well, be of careful. course, Jim Johnson, the late defensive coordinator, yeah. died yeah. of yeah. melanoma. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really, uh, yeah, it's something you think about, you know, you spend, you, everybody smells like sunscreen. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a very odd sit down and work and write after. So yeah. Yeah. Hours. You feel like you need a shower before you yes. sit down and write. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, the Eagles showered up, I'm sure after their 58 minutes yesterday, and they're going to go through a walkthrough day and we'll see if they take some of the sloppiness out that was in yesterday's practice. But again, just day number one. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why the first question I asked you on today, did you learn more from the 58 minutes on field or the time spent listening to either Nick Sirianni and or uh, Howie Roseman? Howie didn't really give you a heck of a lot. But mm-hmm. Nick did say running back by committee in camp. Yeah, Don't try and read the tea leaves much. Ooh, who got the first snap of the day? Who got the first hand off the day? Yeah. They were all going to get a chance. They all did get a chance yesterday. I agree with John in that they hope to have someone separate and be the number one, but they're not going to do that until someone has established that. How do you think it's going to shake out? Like We can just take our guesses as per what they've done elsewhere. Swift and Penny coming in from outside. Gainwell here two years. Boston and Scott here several years. When all is said and done and we get to week number one against the Patriots, Will there be someone who's separated as number one? Who do you think that's going to be? I think it pretty much has to be DeAndre Swift for a couple reasons. One is he's the guy with the resume. You know, he's he's the probably the 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 guy who's done the most of this group. Two, Rashad Penny might be more talented, probably is more talented, but given Rashad Penny's uh, injury history. There's no way they're going to try to, you know, he's going to have to be like a, a seasoning added to the mix. You know, they're not going to try to ride him and get him hurt right off the bat. Uh, you could see them ride him in the playoffs or something like they did with Kenny Gainwell last year if they get that to that far with him healthy. But I just don't see Rashad Penny being the, the guy they're going to strap the, the load on to uh, right out of the box. Um, regardless of how well he, he he does in the preseason. And I don't think there's any, you know, I think those are the two main guys. I, Gainwell, I'm really interested in how they handle Gainwell because he did have that strong uh, taste of success in the, in the playoffs. And when you guys talked to him, John, uh, back in June, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm expecting a lot more this year, you know, and, they did lose Miles Sanders, but the guys they brought in, I don't know that Kenny's looking at that much more. He's going to have to really, as Jody said, you know, earn whatever he gets here. And uh, yeah, you know, Swift is uh, Swift is a good receiver out of the backfield, which is one of the things that Gainwell kind of brings you. And uh, it'll be real interesting. I I expect it to be Swift, but I think they will use. It probably won't be like last year when Miles Sanders clearly. You know, they get Miles Sanders had a career year, 
and they really de-emphasized the other guys pretty much in favor of Miles. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll see anything like that this year. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm in the camp where I think they hope they find a lead back. I don't think they wanted to running back by committee, and if they do, uh, they're that that's probably because they can't find a lead back, which I don't think is a good sign necessarily. Right. You know, Penny, I think is interesting because I look at it the opposite way, Les. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know the injury history, but I can't control injuries. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be here next year. Why don't you DeMarco Murray him? It's the untoward aspect of the NFL. But I, I, I mean, we know what the Eagles believe at the position. So, my take is if he plays well, he's going to earn too much money. They're not going to want him. And if yeah. he plays poorly, obviously they're not going to want him. Yeah. But, you know, just give him the football until he can't go anymore. That's kind of, I mean, it, I, again, it it's the ugly aspect of football, but that's been the reality of that particular position. Yeah, I, I'd just kind of like to have him around at the end of the season if that's at all possible. We don't know if it is, but, uh, you know, uh, it, I think those are both really good backs, and uh, I, I think they're in great shape at the running back room. It's a deeper room than they had last season. Um, I, I don't think it will detract too much from the fact that this offense is still about Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, but uh, but I do like the running back room. Mark my words, at least once this year, Rashad Penny will sit without being injured. He will not be active for, for a game. Oh, okay. Uh, maintenance, that they will oh, keep okay. him uh, less. Greg Popovich. Greg they Popovich. They do that during the week, Jody. That's what, what they do during the week. He doesn't, nobody practices during the week. Yeah. Um, right. I am I am predicting that it will happen on a Sunday this year, not during the week. When Eagles play okay. a Sunday game, because they could be playing Thursday or, or Monday, but you okay. get my drift. Yeah. A Sunday game, there will be health maintenance for Richard Richard Penny. He will not even be active. So the coaching staff is not tempted to put him into the game. I, I'm kind of going with you, Les. Like to have him at the end of the season. I think they will uh, try and protect him for a, a long playoff run. And he'll get some uh, maintenance Sundays, not maintenance practices, some maintenance Sundays for Rashad Penny. And we'll see if it happens. I, I don't remember anybody ever doing it before, but the Eagles like to be cutting edge, and I think they will do that with him this year. All right, uh, Les, uh, another day, another practice, another day of uh, a, a tight end who might be as physically gifted as any tight end they have, Mr. Jackson, making a couple plays in practice. When is he going to go? Should they be thinking maintenance for him to just try and protect him? Because every time he makes a play in practice, the next day he gets hurt. Oh, he's back on the IR again. Uh, uh, I, I want to see this kid succeed, but I just don't know if that's possible because it always seems something's yeah. going wrong with him physically. Yeah, I don't know what the story is with Tyree Jackson, but he's a former quarterback. He's he's very athletically skilled. Um how does what does he know about playing tight end at this point? Has he been out there on the field enough to really absorb the finer points? Has he been able to do that while being sidelined? I don't know, but it's he's certainly uh, it's an interesting room, the tight end room. Uh, you got Dallas Goddard, and then you have several guys 
uh, who've shown this or that, Grant Calcaterra, um, Dan Arnold, who's played in the league with Jacksonville. I had on my podcast, I had Clay Harbor last week as a guest, who was a very interesting guest, by the way. This yeah, is we've had Clay. Clay's awesome. I don't uh, want to go off on too much of a tangent. This is a guy that his career ending injury suffered on the bachelorette. On the bachelorette. Yeah. You know. um, we talked about Riley Cooper and the whole business. Uh, you remember that 10 years yeah. ago? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, my well, reason I brought up Clay was Dan Arnold. He Clay follows the Jaguars because he played there for several yeah. years after he left the Eagles. And he really likes Dan Arnold. He thinks Dan Arnold will, will be an asset to that group and, and uh, will make the team and so forth. Uh, I don't know. I don't know Dan Arnold very well, but uh, you know that's. I'll tell you what, he showed up in OTAs last. He he yeah. he made. Now yesterday, I was expecting the Dan Arnold play. I didn't get it because uh, he is a great receiver. Um, Colin Thompson, who's on our show, local kid, just signed with Minnesota. Uh, tight end speaks really highly of oh, Dan okay. Arnold. Um, yeah, he's he's a good player. Doesn't block much, but he's more of a receiver. Yeah, you know it's it, it the microcosm of of Tyree Jackson. He's so gifted athletically. Mm-hmm. So you know, less before they get into team drills, quarterbacks throw to receivers. Uh, Jason Michaels, the tight ends coach, was all over Tyree Jackson on one route because he didn't run it the right way, and he was giving him the business. And then he gets into teamwork. And he's just making plays because he's more athletically gifted than, uh, you know, he's playing with the second, third team, obviously. So it's not the starters, but um, it's sort of one of those things. He's man, he's, can you tap into it? Can, can you get him to do the other stuff, all the technique and then the injuries? Yeah. But I mean, you've seen it, Uh, you know, the play got her on. I believe you were there that day. Remember at the back of the end zone where he yes. just landed flat on his back, but he made an unbelievable catch. Yeah. Um, and this is what, as I was saying, this is what training camp is all about. You know, this is what in week eight, it might not matter at all, but this is what you look for in training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like this. And it's always interesting to follow it. Yeah, the uh, I call it the Tyree tease. He does this in camp, and everyone gets excited because they get a video of him making an unbelievable play. Yeah, but then he gets hurt. So we'll see if this year they can avoid the injured part of it. Um, other guy who has been good in the off season this year, which includes the couple of OTA practices they had and yesterday, Christian Ellis with another interception. And I want to just go stop. It's practice. Who? <laughs> but that's all they have to judge on at a couple exactly, of positions yeah. here. And yeah. they're not going to be doing 28 practices before the season starts. Right. So this very short period of time is very important when it comes to evaluating positions right. that are up for grabs. And Christian yeah. Ellis continues to make plays. And by the way, let me add, hey, nobody else is making plays at linebacker. So it might just be practice, but. You know. Yeah, Christian Ellis is such an interesting story. We never really got the whole, you know, last year, he when they finally brought him up from the practice squad, suddenly he had an impact on special teams, mm-hmm. which made me wonder what took them so long. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite bugaboos about last year's team was the 
many and varied ways that the special teams let them down over the course of the season and nearly cost them games and changed the course of games and eventually bit them in the butt in the Super Bowl. Uh, Who you know, would have predicted that last Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Christian Ellis made a difference there. And uh, now he looks at a situation at linebacker where there's not another position on the team that's as wide open as that to me. Yes, they have N'Kobe Dean. But the veteran that they gave, you know, the, the only veteran they brought in is like they can cut him tomorrow. I mean, he's making nothing, you yeah. know. Uh, they literally, by the way, literally zero guaranteed money. Yes. Like every other, they, they signed a bunch of these one year guys. Yeah. Like nobody talks about Justin Evans. He got some 500 grand or whatever. Uh, Nicholas Morrow was the only one who got no guaranteed money whatsoever. Yeah. And you've got, uh, you know, uh, TJ Edwards and Kazir White both left and, uh, there's, they weren't deep there last year. They didn't have a lot of guys they wanted to put on the field. So I just think that's a huge opportunity for Christian Ellis. Undrafted guy, though he is, and without resume that from last year as a linebacker, though he is, I, I think uh, there's no other position on the field where you can carve out, uh, you know, a chunk for yourself uh, as, a, as an unknown guy like like that position, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm at the point where let's just see the guy with the first team, you know, put yeah. him, and he got some first team reps to their credit because um, the Eagles saw what he was able to do in the spring and said, all right, let's give him some, mixed him in uh, with N'Kobe, and he made a play again. Um you know, why is it hurt? I think you know what you have in Nick Morrow. He's, you know, solid NFL player. But I think the upside is is limited. So why not, you know, see what this kid can do? Yeah, and if this he guy can play, you know. Yeah. That really helps if he can right. If he can play. Uh because, you know, and we'll go to Nicobe here. Boy, I think, you know, I get it. He was a great college player. He had the great reputation. But he, he played 34 snaps. Jody and I talk about that a lot. The Eagles should have done a better job of mixing him in. Um, and I agree with hard that. hard to do stuff like that while you're chasing. Yeah, it is. It, I, I see both sides. But, I but see it both is. Sides. But, yeah, you're right. There were a couple guys like that last year. Yeah, it's, it's, they, even Jordan Davis. I, You know, I think they – down the stretch, they sort of – Yeah, they were – down the stretch, they just said, you know what? I, I trust the veterans. I'm going to play the yeah. veterans. And the, they, I think they did a s- disservice to the younger players. Could have mixed them in a little bit better. I agree. But it's a tough balancing act. I get it. But here we are. And they put so much on the Kobe's plate. Um, I, I think there's going to be some hiccups there, Les. I really do. Me too. I, you know, and I, as great as he was in college, You've, you've stood next to the guy. Yeah. He's as small a linebacker as I've been around in a long time. He's, yeah. you know, Alex Singleton is a little taller than he is, I think. And Alex wasn't uh, a great physical specimen. I know you don't have to be Jeremiah Schroeder anymore to play linebacker in the NFL, but I, I, I worry about injury, you know, with Nicole. I just think uh, 
that is really a, a, no matter how dynamic he is and how talented he is, that's a really small and that's a safety size guy, really. Yeah. By the way, can I jump in and say no? no hold on. Let me just... let me get in here for a second. <laughs> if he's too small to play, John continues to reference this. You're referencing it now. John Clark did it as well. Because at last, people get mad at me because I say he's really small. They get yeah. mad at me. So I just want to point out. John Clark said it. Les Bowen said it. They've both been next to him. Don't believe me. Believe Les. I'm yeah. not lying his, to you. His size, his size is his size. Okay. If yes. you and others think that he's too small, why didn't they address linebacker during this offseason? Why didn't they go out and get someone to put the dot on if they didn't think Kaiser White was worth the money he got and T.J. Edwards wasn't worth the money he's got? Why are they just turning the keys to the castle over to a safety who's playing middle linebacker? Well, they believe in him. They drafted him high. So it's yeah. you guys who don't believe in him because he's too small. Well, I, I, don't know. That I, don't I, I want to get the, the line of thinking between the Eagles and John McMullen, John Clark, and Les Bowen as to is uh, N'Kobe Dean at this safety-like size going to be able to play linebacker in the NFL? I just say I have questions. They, they yeah. obviously don't. They saw him a lot more than I did in college. He did play against, you know, playing at Georgia, you do play against NFL size guys a lot. So, you know, I, they're not as worried about it, but it, it's something in the back of your mind until he goes out and really, you know, dominates a game or something. Uh, it's something that he has to prove. I, I don't think it's necessarily, I'm not saying there's no way this guy's ever going to be any yeah. good, uh, but I'm just saying this is a niggling concern to me. Uh, as we as we go forward here, and the fact that he didn't get on the field last year for any significant action at all, uh, it's it's all remains to be seen. I think even though I'm kind of countering the, there's a lot of hype the other way, Jody. That oh, Nakobe Dean, they've got Nakobe Dean. Hey, yeah, well, we'll see. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, Les is on the same page as me. We're not saying he can't play. We're saying. There's some questions, and I'm right. surprised, and I've said it pretty consistently on the show, I think the Eagles have gone overboard. I think for the most part they're correct in devaluing the linebacker position. I think they've taken it too far. And they've done just, that in the past. They've yeah. done that. They, yeah. the, that year that Doug Peterson had the horrible team his last season, they blew that. You know, They had yeah. no linebackers. Uh, that was one of the big reasons. Like what I would have done is I would have brought TJ back and had Nicobe Dean play weak side next to TJ, yeah. and I think you're fine. I think I I have no problems with that. Now he's got to be the middle linebacker. And again, the Eagles played 20 games last season. They're hoping to play 20 games again this season. TJ yeah. Edwards played all 20 games. Kaiser White played all 20 games. We talk about health, and you can't um legislate injuries and the and 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 the the game has changed right i mean smaller players play right but running back and linebacker the two devalued position those guys take a beating Beating. they take a beating unless the scene tj edwards tj remade his body tj is jacked yeah tj tj is prepared to play 20 games he might tear his. I hope he doesn't. Good guy. He might get injured, soft tissue injury. 
but he has done everything possible to make sure that he can handle the wear and tear of being an NFL middle linebacker. I think it's fair to point out that Nicobe is is very undersized to be an NFL middle linebacker. Yes. Maybe maybe Ooh, it's not a problem at all. Maybe. Yeah. But I think it's fair to point it out. Point out, yeah, I just wanted to see what you guys thought. You've got concerns. You're not saying you don't think he can do it. I think he's a very he good player. It. You're just saying concerns because he played so little and because he's how many pounds less would you say uh, last year's uh, dot yeah, really hard to say because they list the, the listed weights for these. They guys. Them so that's why I'm asking, yeah. and, and unless uh, you're not down there every day like John. But I'm going to say, when you say pounds. the weight differences, John, between Edwards and Nicobe D, at least 20. Yeah, uh, TJ's legit 240, 241. I, I, I'd say Nicobe, if he gets to 220, the Eagles list Nicobe. This is part of the problem. The Eagles list yeah. him at 231, and uh, people say, well, that's not that much smaller. And as Les points out, don't take those, take those numbers with a grain of salt. Yeah, those those are rounded, rounded up and rounded down yeah. for the team's narrative as yeah. they the want other, to tell it. The other position, of course, we talked about is right guard. And so yeah, we same thing. Spring that they listed Isaac Suamalo and Cam Jurgens at virtually the same size. Yes, 305 to like 302. And those two guys are not similar. <laughs> At no. all, no. Um, so at least twenty pounds difference. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, as I said, TJ's. I I think Nicobe struggles. To, I think Nicobe gets. Nicobe's probably two twenty right now, mm-hmm. and then he loses and weight, lose weight because and then he loses weight. Yes, the season goes on. Um, so probably ends up playing at two fifteen. TJ's legit two forty. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, with the practice number one under their belts and Friday's practice being scheduled to take place on a day that it could get into the uh, upper 90s. Now, it won't be that at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's uh, 3 o'clock. Well, they'll probably be inside, I would guess, uh, where they have air conditioning. You think they're going to go inside second practice of the year? I think they're going to move it up less. They'll move oh. it up an hour. That's what okay. they did last year. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's my guess. But no, they're it, not going to be out there in 100 and yeah, whatever the feels like temperature no. is. Uh, Andy would in the old days, but oh, that yeah. was the CBA. It's not just Nick Sirianni, you know, different ideas. The CBA is real different now. But yeah, and in Andy Reid day, we'd all be out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sit down. Hey, yeah. last I would say my worst moment covering the NFL was I was on the field today, Corey Stringer. Um, oh, okay. Uh, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, passed away and that was literally the demarcation line like before yeah. that you know people would there it, Mike Tyson was a phenomenal guy mm-hmm. tough guy though uh, you know old school back then they used to make fun of players for not drinking you know for drinking water oh yeah. like you're you're soft you're, you're right. soft. how goofy that was when you think yeah. about it in hindsight that literally changed the game but yeah, I mean, I remember people don't believe this. We as writers, when I was covering Minnesota, we were not allowed to bring water onto the field right. pre um, pre Corey Stringer. Um, that's how goopy it was back then. 
Yeah. Oh, I, there's, a, there's a famous story from Lehigh of, uh, I won't say the reporter's name because I don't have her permission to, to tell this, but uh, a reporter was there. She was pregnant, very pregnant. And uh, one of Andy's rules was you can't, you know, go down to a knee or sit down. Sit, on the, yeah. Yeah. So she was like, it was really hot and she was kind of dizzy and she kind of went down to one knee and, and they sent the security guy over to, you know, tell her, you know, you got to stand up, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I never heard that story before. Yeah. Uh, shame oh, yeah. Me. Andy, Andy's uh, even Doug. Um it later, I mean, one one day at practice with Doug, it was raining really hard, and we went under that. There's like one little section of the Novacare complex with, mm-hmm. you know, where you can go under and get out of the rain a little bit. And Doug sent over, I don't think one of the PR guys, and said, "Hey, get those guys out of there." Yeah, um, yeah. And he I was remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. It is. Les Bowen, uh, give us the details on when the podcast posts every single week. Well, I do it from three to four on Thursday. So it will be today, actually. And then it will post oh, whenever nice. they get around to whenever the producers and powers that be get around to, to throwing it up there. But uh, <clears throat> it is on most of the streaming platforms, I believe. It's Who Bowen. you got? Anybody you can announce? Uh, I do have Zach to... Berman today. Oh, Zach. Zach. Very nice. I've been yeah. trying to get like offbeat guests like Clay Harbor last week. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Brandon Brooks, you know, talk about Wall Street and stuff during the weeks when we were kind of nothing was going on. But now that we've started camp and as as we referenced, I wasn't out there yesterday. So uh, I want to get, you know, I, Zach is a former colleague with the Daily News and the Inquirer, and uh, he works for The Athletic now. And he's very assiduous in his yes, he is. noting yes, of everything. Is. So I want to get the full rundown from him and and discuss some of the same things that we discussed today. Maybe I'll just loop in a clip of this. Feel free. Yeah, <laughs> Feel free. you share help, with us. We share with uh, you. Yeah, help get the the hour uh, going there. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm enjoying doing it, and uh, it's it's going pretty well so far. And I'll have to have one of you guys on soon. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of weeks to fill. So got a lot of weeks. John, John we're actually, always there for you, Les. John actually um, works for a living. He goes to practice yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I will absolutely volunteer to jump in with you anytime that you need less because you've been very good jumping in with us. We appreciate you doing it today. Bowen on the Birds podcast uh, records today, drops later. Check it out when you get the chance where you get your better podcast. Last great Thank stuff. Thanks, bud. Thank you, Les. Thank you, guys. That's Les Bowen here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. A couple more things I want to get into from yesterday's 58-minute practice. They're getting ready for the season. Uh, these are the rules. This is what they play by. They're only going to do so yeah, By the way, I saw some people say it was over an hour. The practice was 58 minutes. I got that from Dom, Dom DeSandro. So, Dom, I get the exact level of practice from Dom every day. Uh, if I see him, when I see him, it's hard not to see him. Um, so the, it's a green practice, what the Eagles call a green practice. It's scheduled for 58 minutes. So that's why I use the term um, so assiduously, as as Les would say. I'll throw that out there. Um, so that's what, you know, green practice is 58 minutes. What are the other colors and time limits since there is a I did not know there was a a limit, a a number, a hard number. Well, they they they, they they um, you know they 
they schedule these things down to the minute. There's a yellow practice, you know, there's walkthrough. Um, I wish I should remember. I just go to Dom every day because I want to know how long I'm going to be out there. It doesn't matter as much as it used to, um, but he's got the schedule. So if they log 52 minutes, is that different? If they do 24, is that indigo? I'm just wondering how much this time and color uh, chart matches up. You know what? I haven't paid as much attention as I should to that. So You need to be more assiduous, John. I know. I need to be more assiduous. Um, But uh, there's there's three different, and I can't remember uh, offhand. But I'll get to them all during camp. For a future Birds 365 episode, Johnny Mac breaks down the color scheme in a number of minutes that the Eagles will be practicing. Green, baby. Green. Green yesterday at night at 58 minutes. All right. We've got... Let's see. We got more than 50. We got 64 minutes left to go here today. A lot yet to talk about, including when we get Chris Franklin up uh, in hour number two, what his hat wear will be for the next couple of weeks going down to Eagles practice. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac with you for hour number two here on Birds 365 after the Birds put in their first team workout of the year, call to practice. I guess you got to call to practice because they did do some 11-on-11 stuff. They didn't do a full 100 yards of the field. They did red zone stuff only. But if you're going 11 on 11, I guess you're allowed to call it practice. And it was a green practice for 58 minutes. More color breakdown to come as the week goes on. Um, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday because uh, you were down there. Uh, what team, uh, first team, second team, third team, fourth team, um, did Deion Kane get any snaps yesterday, Johnny Mack? The Eagles re-signed Deion Kane, was in camp last year. He had one really good preseason game. I actually thought, you know, he could sneak on and make this roster. He didn't. Um, he ended up playing in the USFL this year, right? It was not yeah. XFL. He was yeah. USFL. USFL championship game MVP, Deion Kane. And he gets an invite to a practice, to a tryout, and boom, he got signed by the Eagles yesterday. Again, a long shot to make the team, but a guy who at least has some work. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Knowledge of the Eagle system and was here last year in camp. Um, I know he just showed up. He wasn't part of the OTAs previously this season. Uh, Mr. Kane, look okay. Make any plays yesterday when you were watching? Yeah, he didn't make one play. He was with the third team, understandably so. I mean, he just got back. He was here uh, on the practice squad for part of 21 and 22. Um, so he he he's a little bit advanced from that perspective. The Eagles worked out three receivers. They had a bunch of Tuesday tryouts uh, before camp. Um, 
Dion was one of them, a, a former first round pick. And Keel Harry was one, and Javonta Payton's a guy we talked about. So they worked out three receivers, um, and they defaulted to the guy they know. Who knows? Maybe all the playing time in the USFL helps them. Um, I always go back to the days of the World League. I always point out, you know, that was important for a bunch of guys, high-profile guys, you know, Kurt Warner, Brad Johnson, Jake DeLome. You can't duplicate live reps, even though it's a lesser, obviously, product. You can't duplicate that. So who knows? They do need help on the depth chart at wide receiver beyond uh, AJ and Devontae. It's not great. So, you know, he's physically gifted, he's a big guy. Um, you know, hopefully they got to find somebody. And it's probably just going to be Quez and Alameda and, and Britton Covey because Britton's the pump returner and nobody's taking that job from Britton Covey. I got news for you. Um, you know, as strange as it sounds, Britton Covey is a lock for me for this team. Um, it, you know, then it, they don't, they don't have a lot. Um, and Dion should be in the conversation with everybody else. And, uh, I think he will be. I know I've mentioned this before and I apologize for not remembering because it has been changing over the last couple of years, but I'm assuming it's the exact same as it was last year. How many guys on the practice squad and what are 16. the limitations? I know we're in the weeds here when we're talking about the practice squad, uh, but that's what camp is for is to figure this stuff out. How many spots do you have there, and how deep can you go at any one individual position? Uh, 16. You can do it any way you want. I mean, right. there are 16 guys, and uh, they'll keep a couple receivers on the practice squad uh, because that's a position where you're liable to get um, a soft tissue injury or something like that that might keep a player out a week or two. Uh, so it's a position – you need depth at and uh, thoroughbred position, so to speak. And they'll keep corners and they'll keep receivers. Um, that it doesn't hurt because, you know, it may be they have some undrafted kid, Joseph Nada, Jaden Hazelwood, um, Tyree Cleveland's here, Devin Allen's still here. We started on the non-football injury list because he got hurt running track, of course. Um but yeah, they need they need some help at the bottom of the depth chart when it comes to receiver, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Deion Kane ends up on the practice squad again. You surprise me if he ends up on the fifty three, but not the practice squad. You mentioned that Devin Allen was on the active non football injury because he got hurt running track, uh, which is different than the pup list. Eagles had no players on the pup list to start the no. season. A little bit of a surprise, I thought. Uh, Derek Barnett might start. I, I, Avante, even Avante Maddox, um, they're both coming off surgeries. Um, Avante didn't do anything in the spring, but he was hanging around watching. That's always a good sign. Um, nobody, yeah, nobody started on the pup. A pup list is not a big deal. People get panicked over that. You can, as long as you're on the pup list, 
at the start of camp. You can come off it the next day. Right. Uh, a lot of guys being being on it's not that big a deal. It, it may sound no. like a big deal, but it's not because you can be reinstated reinstated anytime you want. But once camp opens, if then you get put on the pup list, now there are some restrictions. So that's why it came as a surprise to me that the Eagles, you would think out of just maybe precaution. They would have at least one or two guys there, and they had none. That's that's tremendous health, which, again, points to don't be second-guessed the way the Eagles do their business because yeah. they could yeah. just hang their hat on, look, we're as healthy as there is a team in the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's tough to uh, – and that Hassan Reddick didn't practice because he had some uh, uh, groin pain, but uh, he's supposed to be back over the weekend or early next week. Um, you know, they're, they're also going to be always cautious. So if somebody has like a tweak groin or something like Hassan, they're not, you know, they're not practicing. I mean, um, and that's how they handle things. And you're right, Jody. It's tough to criticize you at this point. It is, it is tough. Um, no, no need to play through it for a player of that stature. So, you know. Shut him down. Make sure he's ready. And at this stage of the season, which is one practice in, um, the fact that they're going to keep all 90 guys around all the way until the very last cut, they're not even cutting in stages. You just say, guess what? You're not practicing today. That's simple. It's not like you have to worry about fielding a team and getting everybody around. You got more guys than you know what to do with anyway at this stage, so why would you even push it? It's funny, though. You know who they got to hold back with wild horses to give a maintenance day? Brandon Graham. He doesn't want any maintenance days. There are certain guys that they're like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Now, last year, they did. They kind of held them back. Probably didn't like it. Um, And we'll see how it shakes out this year. But I remember when they started this maintenance day thing, and Brandon never took one, man. Never took one. But then he tore his Achilles, and um, obviously was able to make it back and is more accepting of it. Um, there is that old school mentality, uh, but it's slowly leaving. I will say that. And then you have a guy like Jason Kelsey who oh, uh, he loves red- it. readily accepts maintenance days, that yeah. his body is not getting beaten up and that uh, he's gone on record as saying if, uh, maintenance days hadn't become a staple with the Eagles. He don't know if he'd still be playing. Yeah, but that is probably a wouldn't be. Why. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's still out there. Um, but that was interesting yesterday. Jurgens at right tackle to start, which most of us assume was going to be the case because he was here last year. Steen is a rookie, um, but not moved back over to center for the second team center reps. They're not going to ask him. To, they're not going to run him into the ground first day of practice. Uh, instead, Toth as your second team center. When Jason gets the maintenance day, you think it's going to be Jerkins back with the starters and Steen in at right guard with the starters just to give Steen a chance to play with the ones? Or do you think uh, if if Jerkins uh, supposedly played well, well, I should do it uh, this way. From the little you could see in day one of practice, how did Jurgens look? I saw quotes from both Lane and and Kelsey afterwards saying he they thought he looked great. How did he look to you? Oh, he looked fine. Um, you know, I, I didn't see anything that stood out from a a, a good or bad uh, um, 
standpoint, and that's kind of what you want. Um, you don't want when you, you know, when you notice an offensive lineman, especially in situations where the pads aren't on, it's usually for bad reasons more than good reasons. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles struggled with the pass rush as a whole, um, which is good news for the defense because that defensive line is going to have to carry this defense. But, um, and it's very deep and it's very talented. So there's a good opportunity it can carry this defense. But um, from the offensive line perspective, it's interesting to me because the long-term plan is Cam Jurgens is going to be the center and Tyler Steen is going to be the right guard. Um, that's the long-term plan for obviously when Jason Kelsey finally calls it a career and who knows? We keep saying this is going to be it, and he might play for three more years. I don't know. But ultimately, they want Steen to play right guard. So if he can do it, you might as well start it right away. Um, but, I mean, I think people forget he's changing positions. You know, They always talk about Cam's changing positions. He's changing. He never played guard in college. He was always a tackle. It, it's different. The people are on you quicker. The 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 tackles are usually stronger. Um, so there's a there's sort of a learning curve for him as well. Um, and I I think they have that built in. Um, Cam is going to be the center on on maintenance days, and Tyler will get the first team reps at right guard. So from their standpoint, it's like it's the best of both worlds. You, you, it's and they have the utmost comp. Like they're not worried about Cam Jurgens playing center. They know he can play center, so they're not worried about that part of it. Um, and they're not concerned about him losing technique or anything of that nature by by toggling back and forth. And as long as you're confident in that, you you have a built-in way of getting evaluating Tyler Steen and how quickly he can get up to speed. No, it's on Reddick yesterday, as you mentioned, uh, just a precaution, uh, give him an extra day or two before he actually starts his season again. You don't have to rush a guy who is a finalist for defensive player of the year. Take your time there, Hassan. Um, But that meant a little bit more Nolan Smith on the outside. Derek Barnett was practicing, and you said the defensive line got the better of the offensive line. How did the outside uh, DN guys look for you yesterday? Well, Nolan looked great, uh, but you know, against second, third team players, um, he 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 just destroyed. Uh, who was who, who were the first team DNs? Josh Wet and who? Uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Graham. Um, uh, in in the fifty front, it was uh, Brandon Josh uh, Jordan. Um, Fletcher and Milton Williams. Um, yeah, good for Milton. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, yeah, Milton. I love Milton personally, great guy, uh, good player. Jalen Carter is going to be the starter there. It's just a matter of getting him to to where he needs to be. Um, and then the so let, 40, me, let, let me interrupt here and sorry for interrupting you, but. If Milton Williams, like you said, it's going to take time for Jalen Carter to get up to speed. He's going to get his reps, but will he be the starting rep? At what point does he get the most defensive tackle reps could happen by the end of the season? 
if Milton William is more productive than Fletcher Cox, will Carter and Milton potentially be the two guys who are on the field most at the defensive back? Yeah, that's possible. That's more possible than um, – I, I mean, they're – getting Fletcher to the point like Brandon embraces his role now. Yeah. Less is more. Right. Yeah. Brandon. But I mean, Brandon is, is Brandon is a unique guy, man. He, he really is. I mean, he was talking to us yesterday. All he was talking about was trying to get the young players better and how good they are. And, you know, him and Slay and I, I add Slay into that category as well. And he doesn't have that reputation. He should, uh, you know from being around the NFL listening, there are certain guys who embrace helping the younger players and certain guys that want no part of it. Because, you know, it's weird. Yeah, you're trying to help the guy here to replace your job. It's it's you know, it's weird. But certain guys embrace it. Brandon embraces it. Um Slay embraces it. And I'm not saying Fletcher doesn't. Just I, I rarely see it to the degree of those two guys. Um, but I think they're getting Fletcher to that point where, you know, back in the day, the reason I bring this up, like Fletcher wanted to play, always wanted to play. Every snap. Jim Swartz, you know, had to basically, you know, time to the bench. Uh, and he would get pissed if he didn't have uh, as, as many snaps as he thought he should. And he wanted to win the game. I mean, you know, he's like, we're better when I'm on the field. Generally was right. Um, but now as an aging player, and they have so much depth. Um, and, and I also bring it up for this point, Jody. The two most interesting, uh, the most interesting thing to me was Jordan Davis got a lot of reps in, in 40 fronts. I did not expect to see that. I did not expect to see that. So he got a lot of reps in four-man fronts. So it seems to me, it might be just, and, and Fletcher raved about his conditioning. He he knew he had to ramp up his conditioning. Um, they may be trying to get him on the field too in those 40 fronts. And if they, they're trying to do that, then you, then you really got, you, they, they're, they're really gifted on the defensive line. Right. They I got mean, a it, lot of depth. There. Yeah. It's absurd. I remember it was Bucky Brooks who said number one position group in the entire league. Right. The entire league. Any, any position. I'm starting to agree with him because they're so deep. It, it, we're talking about Milton Williams would play on every team in this league. I don't know how many reps he can get on this team because True. Fletcher's still a good player. Carter – for people who haven't gotten it, yeah, they're going to get it soon enough. Uh, uh, he is insanely gifted. Uh, Jordan Davis is, people forget how gifted he is. Um, even Contavious Street, that's an NFL player. Uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu, that's an NFL player. They're not stars, but they belong on a 53-man roster. They're incredibly deep on the defensive line. Yeah, if the Eagles stay healthy at defensive tackle, I don't see how Contavious Street makes his team. Um, and he got a lot of reps yesterday, Contavious Street. He was on the he? second team. A lot of reps. Um, but, yes, they they all can't make it. 
they all can't make it. Um, and that's, that's, that's the group that has to carry this defense. And I think they could, it's that good. All right. If you noticed, and again, you're trying to watch everybody and they only run so many plays. Uh, we know he was out there because we're both a little surprised that he was, but Derek Barnett got his snaps at defensive end. Uh, there's debate as to how that's going to shake out by the time we get to the end of camp. Can now, they I trade didn't see him? Derek in team drills. Did somebody say that? He didn't do didn't any. Now he was not out there. seven on seven. No, he was limited. Um, seven on seven. They're not out there. So he was doing individual work. Um, and, and that kind of stuff. Seven okay, on, so he wasn't, he wasn't in on any, no, uh, not team right. stuff. He's not Abate was in seven on sevens, for instance, but he was limited. He was not in team stuff. Uh, Derek didn't get any reps, uh, in teamwork cause he's still working his way back, but that was a positive, um, coming back from the ACL, uh, that he didn't start on the pup list. Um, but yeah, he's, he's still got some time to go before he's going to be in teamwork. But do you even worry about or try and make sure that something gets on? I know that, uh, practice is practice is practice, but he's coming off the major injury, his career numbers, uh, back of his football card is what it is. If you think you can trade Derek Barnett, do you need to showcase Derek Barnett at all? Well, I think you got to showcase him to to show he's healthy at some point, um, that he's completely back from that standpoint, just from the health standpoint. And they will because, you know, he's not, you know, he's clearly number five now um, behind, you know, when Reddick wasn't out there, but. Um, when Reddick is healthy, it's Reddick, Sweat, Graham, Nolan Smith, and he's number five. Um, and and that means you know you're going to play in some preseason games, and you know that's they just got to showcase that he's healthy, and they'll be able to get something for him. Um, in my opinion, and we'll see how it shakes out. But you would still have him ahead of Janarius Robinson. Yeah, I would. Um, boy, he's he's. I was talking to Brandon about him yesterday. He is. He looks it. If you were, if you're going to do a movie and wanted looks, to cast an looks edge the rusher, part, huh? Yeah, man. He is. Josh does too. I mean, but Josh is already proven. Like those are what edge rushers are supposed to look like: big, long, powerful, speedy. And he swatted the ball once, like J.J. Watt in his prime. Um, looked like a praying manis out there. Um, I don't know if he can play, but he looks like he can play. But you know the old saying, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. I'm not saying he plays like Jane. But right. You don't want to use that with him, do you? Now, well, in Minnesota, didn't exactly have a great defensive line, which is weird. They have a history of that franchise of having a great defensive line. But they changed, right? They went away. Typically, the Vikings were always the Jim Swartz. And he had, you know, all the way back to the days of Alan Page and Carl Eller. And, you know, then I had Keith Millard and Chris Dolman, John Rand, Hall of Famers, you know, Jared Allen. Um, and even now with Daniel Hunter, uh, you know, really great players. That was not the case last year. 
and he got cut from that team. So I don't know if he can play. Right. Or it could be the Minnesota Vikings made a mistake. We'll find out. Right. I see that Chris Franklin from NJ.com is in the waiting room. He will join us next. You got McMullen, McDonald, Macamac here on Bird Street 65. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. With Johnny Mac, I'm Jody Mac. Appreciate you being here on Birds 365. And we've got our guy, Chris Franklin, joining us from the screened in backyard. Uh, always fun to catch up with Chris. Now, we know you got birds because we've heard them in the background. You got a dog, too? No, no dog. You know, uh, I mean, okay. I may have the dog mentality that's talked yeah, about. Dog mentality. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he's, he's post-game Chris, so he's got that dog mentality. So it's an overreaction Thursday, Chris, uh, oh. because it's day one of uh, camp. Um, you know, it was interesting. I I wish Nick Sirianni 
I mentioned this earlier in the show. I, I wish he talked after practice, but you know, he's got it, Mr. Football. He's got to get in there and watch the film immediately. Um, Cause I, I thought, you know, at the end when he had the bullhorn, he's screaming at everybody. I thought that was, you know, maybe he was pissed uh, about the pre-snap penalties, but I think part was, you know, he made a calculated attempt to say, Hey, we're not the NFC champions anymore. This is, you start doing this crap. We're, we're, we're going to lose to some bad teams. Did you take it like that? Or you just think he was peeved in the minute? I think he was a little upset with the, uh, after that whole thing, like three or four straight plays of everybody jumped like either off sides or false start. Yeah. I definitely think that was part of it. And I also think he wanted to make them feel like you got to be prepared for anything else. Cause Remember that one time he uh he kind of laid into the defense a little bit for not oh, being yeah. ready. Like I think it's the second team defense, whatever, not being ready and yeah. being out on the field. He, yeah, yeah. He, he was a, he was in a mid mid uh, season form on that one. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to do that. You know, he, he got everybody's predicting him to finish one or two in the conference, and you can't have that complacency going in there because guys start, especially the younger guys, veterans. Not so much worried about, but the young guys here. Oh, we're going to be good. That one, now nah, you got to shake it up and and make sure they're on their toes. So I, I wouldn't be too shocked there. I think he's just as the day wore on, it got hot. I think he started getting a little perturbed about those mental mistakes. I don't think we've ever broached this with you, Chris. I'm uh, interested to see your answer. John and I have certainly talked about it plenty. You two were there. I was not. I would speculate that Sirianni getting as uh, perturbed on a bullhorn, screaming and yelling as much as he did was more about he really would rather practice more. He'd rather be old school. He knows that the CBA took his ability to run a decent practice away. And then the Eagles as an organization would more lean on the side of less is more. I think Sirianni would rather see these guys actually put more work in and yeah, when it doesn't go well, he, he he's like, if we had 20 more minutes, I could get this thing fixed. Let me scream at him. Maybe that's how we can get it fixed. That's just a guess on my part. Do you think Sirianni is just 100% uh, in lockstep with everything the league is doing, the Eagles are doing, or do you think he'd actually rather see him doing more work? I think he's in lockstep with with, with what the science. I mean, like, you see when he got, he and Howie Roseman seem to be like a one and two, like, buddy buddy when it comes to a lot of stuff like when it comes to the outlook of how this team runs what's the best thing to do then talking to the medical class so i think it's more he's in lock he's okay with it i thought it was interesting when they uh you know the team releases that unscripted show that they did a lot yeah. and he was talking yeah. to uh nolan smith and jordan david uh, no, sorry jayla carter when they were uh, first got there and saying, he's just saying like listen we don't practice that we don't practice i'm paraphrasing here but we don't practice that much but we do it so that when we practice you got to go full force so that's why i think he's more upset if guys aren't going full force but i don't think i think he realizes that he wants his team especially after playing so many games in the play for the regular season the playoffs go as deep as they did and then having to turn around and, and start training camp a lot and not have as much time to rest so i think he's okay with it he just wants the guys when they're on the field to basically exude everything they got and in that moment and then come back yeah it's kind of amazing um Cause all the Georgia guys, you know, Chris, they're like, "Hey, man, we practice tougher at Georgia." Um, yet the Eagles seem to be better conditioned than Georgia. I don't know how they do it. Um, I really don't. Um, maybe they do have some kind of secret sauce that we're not seeing because 
they were one of the best conditioned teams in the NFL last year. They ran all that tempo. They seem to always be better prepared for it than the opponents. Um, they got something going on. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they have figured something out. Yeah, and there maybe something in those shakes they put in those post post practice shakes that helps them out, whatever have you. But yeah, it's uh, I think when you look, yeah, it's better if it's not not as much wear and tear as the season progresses, and uh, it, it's especially with Georgia too. Like a lot of these college teams, when you look at what they do in terms of you got to practice, you got limited things. You know, they basically at the facility all day with, and oh yeah, you got to study too depending on the school. But, yeah, you, gotta make it. <laughs> you see a lot of that stuff in there. I don't know, maybe it's a Georgia food, what have you, but, but they, they put a lot of money into the science and try to fr- make sure they recover to be long-lasting when it comes to that. All right. Uh, speaking of Georgia guys, although he's a couple of years removed, uh, DeAndre Swift would be one as well. Philly guy, Georgia guy, he checks all the boxes. Um Yesterday, a lot of balls came his way, different looks out of the backfield, lined up wide, empty backfield looks. Uh, John and I have suggested all along during the offseason, don't think the Eagles, just because they got rid of Miles Sanders, are going to end up throwing the ball to the backs uh, 150 times. They did it less than any team in the National Football League last year. But they've got a guy like Swift who's got a track record of being able to do it. How big an addition to the offense do you think it's going to be, at least uh, the way they line up designs to get Swift in the passing game, or do you think it's just day one, don't read too much into it, Joe? No, I think they're going to use him. I think they're going to use him not a lot. Like, he's not going to be like the third highest target guy, but I think he's going to have his – he's going to have his mark in the passing game. And also not just that, but when it comes to motion, because you see a guy who's actually – a threat to catch the ball and, and, and do something with it afterwards. Not like with Miles, it looked like it was times when it wasn't the cleanest of catches when he did. They did throw it that way. With Swift, you know, like hey, you know, he got a good receiver. So now, when if you're a linebacker or you're safety, you see him actually moving toward the flat. You got to respect that. And when you respect that, you got so much space now for everybody else in the middle. So I think they're gonna. And I wouldn't be surprised if like early on they make a conscious effort to at least do like two or three passes to him early in the season, so teams get they'd see that and like. Oh no! And then when they start to over adjust, then that just frees up other stuff down the line. Yeah, I mean they're going to use them. It it seems pretty because going back to the OTAs, that's what I noticed first was you know they were putting him out wide. Uh, you know maybe some of those bubble screens uh, is DeAndre Swift instead of a receiver. But boy, I saw in the red zone, and it was the Tristan McCullum. I believe it was the. That was the interception um, where, where he got the he 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 got he got the jump on Swift, and this is the third team defensive back. Um, you know, I, I they have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, I nothing against DeAndre Swift; he's a very good receiver or a running back. I'm worried about getting those guys, feeding those guys. Those guys are dominant, dominant, dominant players. Um, I think it's as simple as that for the Eagles. I don't think you have to muck it up. That's my thought process. I don't think you do, but I think even more, I think, you know, it can be even more, get even more production if you start to have him in there. You have to worry about it because if he frees up, if he does what he's supposed to do and he does get those sweet passes, and even if it's like you throw it out there on bubble screens, you know, they four, four or five yards is basically the same as a run with 
knowing behind this, this offensive line. So at least when you get pe- those teams thinking that way, they can see more one-on-one stuff. When we know when we see when we see A.J. Brown, we see Devonta Smith, we see Dallas Goddard one-on-one in the red zone, it's a good situation that usually pops up after that too. So it could just be free it. Go take your eat your vegetables early, and then after that, hey, you got dessert when it comes to the three guys. I want to jump over to the defense for a couple of minutes. I know you and John both noted it uh, from the OTAs this uh, season that Christian Ellis made some plays. He came up with some picks. He flashed a little bit. And sure enough, day one here in practice, he flashes with another interception. It's not like he's surplanting Seth Joyner. He could be beating out uh, Mr. Morrow at the other linebacker position. How much is it going to take for him to be playing aside, uh, right aside no Nicobe Dean as uh, starting linebacker week one? I think that I'm really curious to see when they actually put the pads on if they, they, they probably won't tackle the ground, but how he does in the run game. That's where I really think, like, his cover skills, I like him a lot. But I think the one thing that we saw with Morrow with the Bears last year, looking at that stuff, were missed tackles. And he's, you know, he's a little lighter on the lighter side when it comes to two. His, his frame sheet's a little bit lighter, too. So, I would, Mar- I think Morrow's going to start the season as a starting linebacker, starting linebacker next to Nicobe Dean. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put Ellis in more situational stuff, getting his feet wet. And if Ellis starts to really excel, Say if we're looking at midway through the season, Ellis still excelling and Morrow is struggling against the run game, then maybe they make the switch then. But I think yeah, Ellis is look, and this is why this we were talking over extra Thursday. Like, all right, it was a good, it was a good, and he OT, he did really, he did really yesterday. But I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to see more and more. You see the traits that make him, you see starter traits when it comes to him. Yeah, he he, because uh, he had that one interception that was. That was a bad throw, let's be honest. It was generated by the pass rush, but hey, he was there. He made the play. Um, I don't see the other linebackers making plays. Um, Why not just give him a chance and say, all right, I'm going to look at him in the first team because I know what Nick Morrow is. Nick Morrow can play. He's an NFL player, but I know what he is. You know his upside. He's been around long enough. Um Granted, it was in Chicago, but Sean Desai knows it better than most. Um, you know what he is. Let's see. Let's throw him into the deep end of the pool. Give him the first team reps. If he can do it, great. Upgrade. If he can't do it, you go back tomorrow. Um, thoughts on that? The things, especially when we hear so much about guys and their roles and everything else, I think they, they want to get their roles set in. Like, and don't get me wrong, I would like to see him with the first team just to see, like, if he does, he can do that. Like, I think if anything, maybe that joint practice against the one of those joint practices against the Browns, maybe you do that just to see it when they go head to head and more stuff like that. But I think it's one of the things like, hey, get set for your like they're, they're trying to get almost like a reliever, trying to get them ready for their roles and get them ready early on. So they expect like, hey, because Morrow's never played next to Dean for an extended period of time too. So you got to get those guys used to communicating, especially if they're going to be the starters too. So I think that's another key factor when you want that. So, but Ellis, I, I like it right now. I think I think Morrow's going to be the guy. All right, our buddy Zach Mack. Sorry, we like guys named Mack on this show. In case you hadn't figured that out. Um, <laughs> Got the starting spot in the slot because uh, he, the, although I was just glad to see that uh, he wasn't part of the pup team, the 
guy who we expect to start when the season started, which is limited in practice yesterday. Is that going to be Zach Mack's spot all year, the backup slot cornerback for the Eagles? I think I think that's the best way he makes the team on that one too. I wouldn't. I think I think when looking at that one, I think he be I think he would beat out Josiah Scott personally. I think he's got more size when it comes to that. He's got the versatility in case there is something that goes wrong on the outside that you can just move him out there. Say if Bradbury or Slagus, or you can move him back out there if need be. I look, and then we know what he can do on special teams too. So I look at him. If we had to compare Josiah Scott and Zach McPherson, I think McPherson will win out in, in that instance. I mean, Scott has moments where you look like, okay, you see him and go, hey, you know what? This guy is because he can play the slot court efficiently. You feel okay. But then you see he gets beat on the inside and then there's a big play on that too. So I think overall, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if McPherson winds up being the guy uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Josiah's interesting because he had, you know, he had some really bad moments and those kind of overshadowed. He was solid at other times as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, my concern with Josiah is at the end of the season, though, they decided when Abante got hurt again, they decided to move CJ in the slot and rotate Reed Blankenship in. That, that, that was a bad sign for Josiah Scott. I, I do think that Zach McPherson is going to be the, the backup nickel corner. The question is the outside. They have so many bodies. Um, <laughs> And as charge Ringo, we know Ringo's going to make the team, but can they get him up to speed um, quickly enough that if something happens and you hope it doesn't to Slayer Bradbury, there's a lot of bodies, but none of them are proven. Are, are yeah. we kind of skipping steps there saying, oh, well, you know, so-and-so can do it. Or is it going to be Zach's going to be the backup everywhere, outside, inside? Everywhere. He's your Jack Driscoll of, of the cornerbacks. Yeah. He's going to be the ones that you move around and say, okay, yeah. is it something wrong? Okay, yeah, go in there. We'll, we'll figure out all, all the other stuff on the, on the back end. I, I mean, you look at the – like, I'm sitting there looking at, like, the guys shuffling in and out. Like, even that third team, you look like, there's some good names there, but it's just not proven. And Eli you know, Ricks did Ricks. not look good. Boston <laughs> Rick, Scott juked him out of his shorts. I didn't know he had that 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 juke in his repertoire. Scott yeah. did. I was like, like, yeah, and, and you feel you feel like he's like your rookie. It's your first day. You're you're one on one. You want to make an impression. And the next thing you know, you're going one way. Scott's going another. <laughs> it's not in a positive way. So it, it, it was rough. It, it was rough for him. But I this team is 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 deep at is very athletic and deep at that position. And there's going it, it, it's rough to see who's going to be on, on that bottom tier, like who's going to get cut. There's going to be a name or two that's going to get cut. And you're like, ugh. I mean, anywhere from down from Greedy Williams all the way down to Ricks. It, it's it's so much. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's by the way, it. I've been impressed with Makai Gardner more than yeah. Eli's got the bigger name, but I think Gardner's a better player. I think he had a good he pass breakup. Yeah. yeah, he had a good pass breakup yesterday too. And I thought you see that like positionally, he gets. He, he does, even though he may get beat or they may, they may have a guy in man's position on him, he makes it finds a way to get around him too. So I thought he did pretty well as well, too. But Rick, Rick, I, I see some good things when it comes to Rick's too. There's I, that practice squad is going to be deep or, or that late bottom part, but it's there's a lot of this guy, it's going to be rough. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris Franklin, Tyree Tease Jackson. <laughs> 
Are you in or are you out? Got to declare today. Now you can change your mind tomorrow, but I'm just asking. Kyrie tees Jackson in or out? Uh, Out. I think he's out. I, uh, I, I like the kid. I'm, I so root for the kid, but he every time you think he's got a chance to actually do something, he ends up getting hurt. He, uh, he's probably going to happen again, but uh, I'm sorry. I, I bought into the tease twice now. I'm buying into it again. I, I think he'll be here. Why? They'll just put yeah. him on the practice squad. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's picking him off waivers. So, but you know, I thought, I don't know if you saw it, Chris, but when they were doing, um, uh, uh, you know, quarterbacks just throwing the receivers. Jason Michael was all over him because he didn't want a a, a a route that well. Was oh was yeah, giving him the business. <laughs> he did. He and then, did. and then, like a few minutes later in team drills, he's he's making plays. I'm like, he's one of those guys. He's so gifted, but you know, where's that balance? If you're not doing what you're supposed to, and he's just playing. Maybe maybe he's a sandlot guy. Just throw it up because he's so gifted. First of all, that's still a good sign for him. If Michael's still yelling at him, that's a good sign yeah, that you know maybe good, there's that's, something there. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> right. I yell because I love. There's one of those types of deals when it comes there. But I, you look at him, you see the toe tap, the toe tapping thing. It, 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 you think I know he's got a couple seasons now, but being having to worry about rehab more than having to worry about being on the field and catching thing that plays up to him and he still needs to round in the form. He's still overall in some of those aspects of the playing the position. And every time you see him like, okay, you could have made a juke here or shift here with the route. Then you see the toe tapping toe, toe taps in the back of the end zone. And you're like, all right, this guy could be a red zone threat. Again. It's, it's consistency. It's the consistency with him of a, not only doing the same thing on the field, the right thing but B making sure you're healthy enough to be able to do those stuff on the field. All right, Chris, we haven't had you on since the return of Dennis Kelly, the signing last week as uh, a veteran backup free agent. How do you think he's going to be used? How do you think he's going to be deployed? Is it going to be swing, left, right, a tackle? Uh, Does that kick uh, anyone else inside? How do you think his role on the Eagles will, and, and it has to do, it's tied to the decisions they make on other players, but... What do you think by the time the season starts, at least conceptually, his role is going to be? Because his role is going to be stand on the sideline and cheer for the five starters. We, we <laughs> talk about uh, getting guys time. I'm still ticked off. They didn't get Nicobe Dean in there. Oh, offensive linemen stay on the field. They do not come off the field. So you hope that his main role is his cheerleader. But if he actually has to play, how do you think they're going to use him on that O-line this year? Come on, you're not excited for him being on a field goal on field goal on a field goal team, you know, trying to block me right now. But I think he's more he's your first option. I will put on if something were to happen to Jordan Mylotta, he's your first option on the left side because he proved he played it three games last year. He's played it multiple to three to ten games over his career. He didn't allow a sack there last year. I think Jack Driscoll is a better right side guy. I think I feel more comfortable either whether it be tackle or guard. But I think Keith Kelly's the first guy that comes off on the left side. I think they go Driscoll on the right side. And then if there's a pit, and then the domino effect is we saw Brett Toth at center. I know Cam Jurgens is something happened to Kelsey. Kurt Jurgens is the next guy in there. We saw Brett Toth at center again. I know he tried a little bit a couple of years, like the last couple of years. He's tried to ACL playing center. Uh, yeah, in that Week 18 <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah, people forget yeah. he was the center. Yeah. yeah, yep, he's there. And then 
either Fred or Roderick Johnson, though, that's when they sign him, if that's the one that's like, okay. And it still came to a point that when Jordan Mailata was talking to us during OTAs and he was asked who the backup left tackle was. Yeah, that was funny. I bring that up. You know, I bring that up. I told you that, Chris, because I'm like, as you know, you know, Jordan, he he knows all our names, right? Like he makes it a – he's one of those guys. He makes it, you know, his business to figure out the names of everybody who's down there all the time. He's just, you know, he's that type of guy. Not everybody does that. Um. That bothered me that he did not know their names because because of how he is. I'm like that. That can't be a good sign uh, uh, if Jordan doesn't know your name. But that that maybe I'm making too much out of it. Yeah, he did, but both guys were on the practice squad last year for the most part. You know, yeah. Fred's a big. I mean, Fred's a big dude. Fred, yeah, yeah. Fred's well, they're both really big dudes. Dude. Yeah, they're both. Fred, yeah, Fred is really big. Yeah, I said it looked like okay. What? Oh hi, those things. But yeah, it's it, they they were more priced by. I think they wanted a proven a proven veteran in that spot, and that's why I think Kelly fills that role. Yeah, well, they really liked having the luxury of Andre Diller. I don't think people realize mm-hmm. uh, they, they really liked that luxury. But you can't have that. Obviously, they knew they weren't able to keep it going. It, it it's interesting when I think about how much they care about depth on the offensive line versus the running back room or the linebacker room. It's striking. Like they're worried about guys who don't even play on the offensive line. And they're like, eh, we'll figure it out. Everybody back and linebacker. Yeah. When you run an average, if you're running back, you know, you can average probably about three or four yards, no matter what behind that line. So it's like, if, instead of having to run around trying to juke and, and go east to west for like sixty yards running back four touchdowns trying to get two or three line and line, they just keep they'll, they'll find holes for you. So they're an important part. They're they're just one of the main reasons why they're able to have success when the probably the main reason besides quarterback they have successful offense. Well, I was glad that Jason Kelsey yesterday, who likes to go to the uh, car analogy, didn't go etzel for uh, Dennis Kelly. <laughs> He, he called him Tesla. part of the core five, Dennis Kelly. When <laughs> Tesla on Suo Peta, who will be fighting for his life to make this team. Uh, no, no, no car reference for Dennis Kelly other than, yes, he's he's one of the veteran guys. He's left outside of the core four. He didn't go yeah. core five. Didn't pull him in on that. Uh, but, yeah, the Eagles always, always emphasize depth on the offensive line. All right, Frank, I need a prediction out of you. Okay. Friday's practice. You guys can kick back, relax, just write it, drop an article here or there. Uh, don't have to make it over. Relax. You're right. air conditioning. You're not outside. That's relaxing. Uh, the question yeah. is on Friday, will you be in air conditioning? Will the Eagles go inside? Will they go early? I guarantee you they go short. John uh, taught us earlier. If you're in the 50-minute range, close to an hour, it's a green practice. It'll be a different color on Friday when it's supposed to be well into the 90s by the time practice gets underway. What are you going to be doing Friday morning, Chris Franklin? I think I'll be uh, I'll be having to drive an hour earlier. I'm really thinking that's the case. So that oh, way, man. I, 42 is killing us, Chris. Oh, and I was coming from the, the South Lake, so I'm sitting there like, what's going on that way? It was... It was no matter what, 95, 76, it was all hell. But I think if anything, they started 
like like last year, I think they started an hour earlier. And yeah, it's not going to be that long. It might be in shorts, might be sitting around, like I might I might be doing a lot a lot of stuff like that. But nah, it's it's, it's going to be. If I miss it on the on the wall. I got to take the Walt Whitman in. Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, it's uh, you might have to go to Newark and fly into PHL and get a shuttle that way. It might be faster. <laughs> it's land traffic was going. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are gonna have to get out there early. I guarantee you, if they start by nine, it will be done before ten. There's no way they're going a full hour, even even early before the temperature gets real high. It's not like it's gonna be uh, sixty-eight at nine o'clock in the morning. No, they will go quickly in practice. Uh, CF, always a pleasure. Thank you much for jumping in with us today. You know how much we're going to hit you up right. during the season. I'm wait, I got to do it. At C. Franklin News oh. on X. X. Follow, uh, follow Chris on X. <laughs> Dante Hall um, owns it now. I like the X side. Yeah. <laughs> on oh, X. Yeah, I don't want to get too much of a tangent, yeah. but did anything change other than their logo? No. Probably the number of lawsuits no. coming in for two. Yeah. That's about it. That's, yeah. Re- That's lawsuits, it. yeah. Rebrand. Um, what are you going to rebrand yourself as, Chris? Since everybody in the world seems to need to rebrand. What are you going to rebrand yourself as, Chris Franklin? There's so many options. I mean, Jordan Mylotta had C money for me. I mean, there's there's a the writer formerly known as Chris Franklin. There's a, there's a certain... Uh, you thought about this too much. To- I thought the Chris Franklin brand was too strong. Like, like yeah, right. You, 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 you don't want to mess with Coke, but I like C Money. I, I like C Money. I'm gonna go Jordan. Jordan, yeah. See, Jordan's a great guy, man. Yeah, he's, he's coming up with ideas. Brandon for I, you. I would actually believe that if you had a pair of those green overalls, that maybe he really was invested. But since you didn't get the green overalls, Franklin, be careful. Don't don't I'm, let my I'm, uh, I'm saving everybody from seeing that. Nobody was, uh, ain't, ain't, we're, we're yeah, for, ain't yeah, nobody got time for that. No. <laughs> By the way, they're selling those things. Did you get that email, Chris? Uh, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I knew that before they ever sent out an email because I was just looking for it. I saw one picture on X, I guess it was, some social media plat- platform. And I said, uh, let me see if I can find another one. So I just Googled Eagles Green Coveralls. They're, yeah, they're already in stores. Oh, yeah. Those guys that went out and bought them. <laughs> oh, they I didn't the have them just in May. Yeah. They were already ready to be yeah. purchased oh, by yeah. Eagle Nation. Yeah. Ladies, go to the club. You can see everybody under those green overalls. As soon as that uh, the, the notification <laughs> came down, Kelly was back. They should add Kelly green uh, overalls yeah. ready for Eagle Nation, too, and they didn't. That's right. Great follow C- that's, how, that's how you can remake your brand. And if you follow <laughs> Eagle green coveralls, Chris Franklin. That's all you, bud. I can uh, absolutely see that. I'll cut you guys in on the deal on that one. Yeah. So I'll cut you guys in on the, on the, on the royal if, if you follow <laughs> C-Money on X, you'll be able to see the green overalls. Sounds like I want a, sound like I want a damn uh, music label right now. Now, I want to hear it. Chris, Chris, go, go catch a bird, all right? And I mean, <laughs> get a real bird. That, that would be part of your new branding. The bird catcher, Chris Franklin. Uh, CF, thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one now. Yes, thanks, buddy. From NJ.com. Rebranding right here on Birds 365. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep our branding as is. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on the show next. Stay right there.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, uh, back to put a wrap here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. Will John McMullen be here tomorrow? We don't know yet. Uh, uh, best laid plans of mice and YouTube hosts get rescheduled by the Eagles and when they think they should or shouldn't practice. So you're going to have to wait on that. And despite what Nick Sirianni said yesterday, I am not an Eagle beat guy and or an Eagle employee. So I can talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. I'm just mm-hmm. a radio slash YouTube host. He doesn't want to think about the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to talk about the Super Bowl. They're not prepping to go back to the Super Bowl. They're just prepping to be one day better. Beware the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. I meant to bring that up. Aaron Rodgers not only restructures his contract, but takes a haircut to open up some cap room for the Jets this year. Mark my words, Johnny Mac, within the next four days, over the weekend, Monday, that's four, uh, maybe next five days, Dalvin Cook will be in New York Jets. Mark, yeah, mark well, my words. He's, he's on he his way right now. He's on his way to New York, North Jersey right now. He's taking a flight right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you're in for a fun season, Jody, because Aaron Rodgers has decided to stick it to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't know how long the honeymoon is going to last, 
because he's a bit of a nut job. But uh, and and will Hard Knocks be the end, the honeymoon ender? Will somebody nah, ask I him something so. or take a picture of something that he doesn't like? Because you're right, he's a diva. He's uh, one of the most talented quarterbacks <laughs> that played the game, but he's got diva tendencies. Uh, as of right now, he's kept them all in his back pocket. When will the diva of Aaron Rodgers show up? Maybe not all year. And if that's the case, I, uh, that's all that's green Super Bowl, <clears throat> Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Jets come February in Vegas. That's the whole point. He's going to be motivated this year to stick it to Green Bay because he hates Green Bay, not, not the city. He hates the organization. He hates the GM. Um, he wants to stick it to them. So I think you're fine for this year. Then moving forward, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably... already made the commitment for two years. He restructured the contract. No, I meant I, I don't. I don't mean that he's going to play. He's not going to walk away. I mean, then you're going to start to see some of those diva tendencies pop uh, up at some that, point. That that is possible. You're that, right. That's what I mean. But this okay. year he's going to be focused on sticking it to the Green Bay Packers, and for that reason. You're going to be a very happy football fan this year. That's my prediction. Uh, two, two days ago, uh, I, I should have doubled down on the stupid Phillies last night, though. Instead, I went in a different direction. I bet the Phillies to beat the, the Orioles two nights ago. So I took the money that I won there and reinvested it in Jets versus the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I should have just gone to the Phillies again. I could have doubled it again. Today, it made an even larger bet. But uh, Jets Eagles beat the Jets eighty to one. Jets beat the Eagles ninety to one. Be, be ready for it. I know. I know. Coach is is pissed at me right now because I'm talking about the Super Bowl, including the Eagles. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. Um, I, and the Jets have a tougher road to hoe because uh, of the conference. Right, but uh, boy, if you had if if I had to pick one or the other, I'm going to piss off Eagles fans. I'd pick the Jets. Uh, to get to the Super Bowl before really I over the be... Eagles, yeah, yeah, I, I I would have to lean toward the Eagles just because of the, the difference in conferences. Well, the AFC is so and that's the only reason it's a question for me. I think Rodgers is so what I just said is so focused on sticking it to that team. I think you're going to see something special uh, from from him this season. And the Jets have uh, some some weapons. Oh, Garrett Wilson is going to be super going to be huge this year. Superstar, superstar. Agreed. Um, All right, Johnny Mac. The people will have to be tuned to find out whether you're coming on and then getting out for Birds Three Sixty Five or out altogether. If I see you in the morning, I'll see you in the morning. All right. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. We'll see how things shake. I'm sure we'll have. All of 30 minutes advance notice. <laughs> He'll have advance notice. We'll have advance notice. You don't need notice. You just need to know to be back here on Verge 365 tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.